What up, folks? What it do? Welcome to another episode of the Best Advice Ever podcast with your boy, Mike Goodwin, the Bowtie Comedian. Thank y'all so much for tuning in, coming along for the journey, along for the ride. I'm all discombobulated, trying to get myself comfortable. Well, as you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, start every episode with On the Road Again. And I was on the road, actually. I was on the road all this weekend. I was in... Shaw, uh, Charleston, the Chuck, the Chuck from the Chuck. Then we had to bam on them boy in the Chuck, <laughs> Charleston, South Carolina. If you if you are from South Carolina, it's always interesting to meet people from Charleston. If you did not know them growing up like people from charleston I, I i do a joke when i go to texas i say people from texas love texas like it doesn't matter where you're from in texas like folks i'm like shout out to texas and they are like loud Woo-hoo, texas it don't matter El, El paso houston dallas sacramento not sacramento san antonio's Waco, it don't matter. Wherever, Austin, whatever part of Texas, that Katie, it doesn't matter. People from Texas love Texas. Similarly, people from Charleston love Charleston. They love it. So I remember, you know, being in college, especially, this always stands out to me. And uh, the the NPHC, which is the National Panhellenic Council for uh, typically the, the the Divine Nine; those are the the African American fraternities and sororities that were established on college campuses. I won't go through all the members, but I'm a member of Kappa Alpha Psi, uh, founded in January fifth, nineteen eleven. On the campus of Bloomington, Indiana, uh, campus of Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana, and I always think about if I'm at a coming. They, we had probate shows. They call probate shows coming out shows. Whenever somebody, this was back in the day. You know, I played back back years ago. So they would have probate shows. I don't know what these cats doing out here in these streets, in these fraternity and sorority streets. But you would have a a show, a probate show, a coming out show where you had been online pledging your organization and then now you've completed your process and you're being introduced to the campus or reintroduced. Please allow me to reintroduce myself. And so at the probate show, you know, most times the members of the organization have on a mask, something where you can't identify who they are. You got people know who people are that are online, but 
it was always the people from Charleston. It was like, I'm Larry Smith from the Chuck. And like the audience would be losing their mind. Like Charleston people. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, like, like, as if they are a whole nother entity. Like, I, I think even at some college, they might have had like a, Ch a Charleston fraternity, like people from Charleston, Chuck Five Chuck or something. Like, uh, so yeah, I was in Charleston at the Medical University of South Carolina, MUS, MUSC, for a keynote. And I, I must say this, and I'll, I'll probably mention this a few times throughout the podcast. I literally am in a place in my life where I have to have to pinch myself and say, wait a minute, man. This is my life. Like, these things are regularly happening to me. So I, I was at the Embassy Suites, the conference convention center down in Charleston, North Charleston. And I was speaking into a room full of medical professionals about laughter being the best medicine. And I'm on the I'm on the, I'm on the program. <laughs> I'm on the agenda. I'm a keynote speaker speaking at a leadership at a leadership conference. Um, the thing in, in in Charleston was called the Leadership Development Institute, and I think this was meeting number fifty two. And I, I was just, I'm floored. I'm absolutely floored. I, I really do. In, in, in these types of events, I, I get overwhelmed with just uh, gratefulness. I can't believe it. You know, there's a there's a line in in Jay Z's song, "God did," and it was like. Is this is this is this is too much. This is too much. It's like too much from how we grew up. This doesn't even feel real to us. Like I'm at that point in my life, and I'm not at the Oscars. I'm not at the Grammys. I'm not on the red carpet. I'm not in meetings with Kevin Hart and Pharrell and Jamie Foxx and LeBron James. Like, I'm not in these circles where I'm like, wow, these are people I've been honoring and, you know, giving all these props to my entire life, and now I'm in the room. Like, I'm not even at that stage. And I still have to pinch myself and say, wow, man, God has been very faithful and I, I live a, a great life because my work is really an expression of my life. Like, I'm making money from what I've created from experiences in my life. And it, it, it's a little bit. It's all, all, I'm a little awestruck at times, and that's how I was this this Friday. I was <laughs> I did a key, you know they I, I, they had a hotel room for me at the end, so I, I go up the the night before, and 
I check in my hotel and I, you know, hang out and chill, get some dinner. Then I wake up the next day, go and uh, get a little quick workout in in the exercise room. And then I'm speaking to a room full of people and then also folks that are or watching virtually. And it, they had they could have been, I don't know how many folks were in that room. They could have been five hundred people in that room for me to do my deal. So that was wild to me. And they, and one of the other things about that that meeting, they were highlighting this book called The Happiness Advantage. If if you are a student of leadership, if you enjoy trying to improve personally improve your teams, your organization. The happiness advantage is, is a, a well, a well, a book that's well worth it. So I would encourage you to get your hands on that. So that was on, that was on Friday. Was at the Chuck. And so then I was, uh, <laughs> I did, I wanted to mention at this embassy suites they had, you know, they'll have one. Well, so my favorite word for free, which I don't know, what's your favorite word for free? Because free is a word I think people like to hear. But there are versions of the word. It's like, oh, I really like to hear like that word. So I like free. But I think my favorite word that also means free is complimentary. I love that. <laughs> oh man, that's my complimentary, complimentary drinks and snacks. They at this particular hotel, they had a little, little happy hour. Well, they had complimentary drinks and snacks, light snacks, and they had the lightest of snacks. I really felt like somebody needed to show me where the heavy snacks are because these these snacks were too light. They had. We give you a second and 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 to think if someone would say light snacks, what are something that you would would come to mind? Light snacks. You know, really two items, but it was it was it was a combination. So the, the light snacks that they provided was carrots and celery and some ranch dressing. And chips and salsa. That's that's too light. I need something with a, a little bit more, a little bit more weight. Give me some cashews. It's it, at least you know when someone presents those type of complimentary light snacks, at least have a protein in me. And get us some chicken tenders, chicken strips. Get a, get us something of meatballs. Let's get some kind of meat in there. With the light snacks, let's 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 put some weight on this light light snack. So that was on on Thursday slash Friday. Did that, then from there I had an event on <laughs> on Saturday night. It was a corporate comedy show. Kind of kind of brought me back to my roots because that's when I was rolling, and I guess I'm, I'm rolling now. But when I really started picking up steam was when I started getting corporate events to do comedy in the evening. So I was getting corporate events to do com comedy during the day. 
That's very measured. You know, that you know, just 20 minutes, 30 minutes. You're not doing a comedy show at a corporate event during the day for the most part. If they want comedy, they probably want about 30 minutes of comedy. For these corporate events, Christmas parties, social events, when they happen in the evening, you can do your set. You do your 45 to an hour comedy set. So that's that's how I got started. So I'm out here in this in these streets. And that's how I, I did this event last, well, I did this event this weekend in Perry, Georgia. So I ran into a, a comedian buddy of mine. <laughs> and I guess I've realized I'm at a different level of success than I didn't realize it. Uh, but he he kind of made more. And, and But I don't think, I think there's still some some area there for me. There's still some latitude there. So I had an event in Perry, Georgia, which is about four hours, almost four hours from Columbia. Well, I don't want to drive more than two hours if I'm doing an event. That's just kind of where I am. Two hours, maybe two and a half. Like I'll do two and a half possibly. But I, if I show up after driving far, I'm probably not that fresh. So two hours. That's enough time for me to be in a car, you know, listen to some music, listen to a podcast. I'm there. So since it was four hours, I was like, hey, man, I'm not going to drive. What I'm going to do, I'm fly to Atlanta. Atlanta was an hour and a half from Paris. So I flew to Atlanta, got a rental car, got a hotel, drove to Paris, did the event, and came back. So I guess I'm at a different tier of success because in times past I would have just drawn, driven and maybe gotten there a little bit earlier. Let's say I would have left at 8 o'clock that morning. That would have got me there around 12. I would have took a nap for a couple of hours and then been ready to rock and roll with me. I left Columbia around 10, 9, 30, 10. I, I by the time I got to the hotel, which wasn't that far from the airport, it was a little bit before 1 o'clock. So I had enough time to take a nap, jump in the car, and then drive down to the event. Which, again, it, it, it took me back to my roots. It was a corporate event for uh, a building company in, in Perry, Georgia. And we had a good time. There was a few things that happened. <laughs> that happened that uh, the folks that I worked with, I, I think we had a great time. And I, I really enjoyed it. I really did enjoy it. But we were, in a, we were in a country club. We were in a country club in Georgia. And so I, my, I may have made a comment at the beginning of my set. Like, hey, guys, I know this may feel a little awkward, but it's, it's not awkward. I don't know what's happening there. It's not awkward for me because... I've done events in corporate, in uh, in country clubs where they didn't allow black people to be in the membership. I've done this before, so this is not new. So, <laughs> so yeah, I had that experience this weekend, and it was great. Shout out to the folks down in Perry, Georgia. It was very, man, fun time, had an outstanding time. But the thing that 
I told them, I said, man, you know, I don't know how this show will go. It may not go well, but I know one thing I'm excited about. It was a Bucky's not far from the event. So I'm in Perry, Georgia, and there's a Bucky's in Warner Robins. And I was like, hey, when I leave this event, I'm heading straight to Bucky's. Now, if you don't know what Bucky's is, shame on you. But if you're from Texas, you are knowledgeable of the Bucky's. The Bucky's, the land of the Bucky's. I mean, it's just it's the most incredible thing I've I've seen that uh, retail, think retail wise, one facility. So yeah, I made my way over uh, to Bucky's and had a good time. Made it back, and now I'm here talking to you on the best advice ever podcast. Hey. Now. Back to kind of like I'm pinching myself. I have to pinch myself because I'm experiencing this in real time. So I do the event, drive back to Atlanta, get up sat, get up Sunday morning, and I'm making my way over to the airport. So I'm hanging out. I'm hanging out in the airport. I'm up in the, up in the Sky Lounge, Delta Sky Lounge, because that's how, that's how I travel. That's how I do it. And so I'm sitting there and I'm working on, I'm actually working on notes for the podcast. So I'm, I'm sitting there with a pad and pen. And this woman walks by me and she says, um, write those jokes. That's exactly what the woman says. I wrote it down. She says, she says write those jokes. And so I, I laugh, you know, and she's on her way to get food. So she just says that and she keeps going. She says, write those jokes. And so I'm like, who in the world? What? So she comes by and says, basically, she's seen me. She lives in Columbia. She saw me at an event. But she shared with me that, like, I really helped her transition. Like she said, when she saw me, she had lost her husband. And I think she said 40 years. I, I don't remember the time. But she said she lost her husband, and she was in a dark place. And I really helped her in that time of her life. And I'm here, I mean, I hear these stories time and time again. So I'm, I'm, I'm not like, I'm not, I forgot what's the, uh, like the term where you're like, you like fake humble, but you really trying to like you humble brag, right? You trying to, you know, oh man, it's hard out here for somebody's, Hey guys, it's very difficult for me. I'm I catching a private plane in the morning. So y'all pray for like that kind of stuff. Like you saying some slick thing, but you really flex it, right? You really are communicating how dope your life is, but you're doing it in a very humble slash humble brag sickening type of way right and i and i and i and that's what you do because no one has ever taught me a class on celebrity or fame you know i i know about the fruits of the spirit and i know about humility and um 
having a servant's heart. But in terms of how do you navigate the space of fame and notoriety, it you know, you kind of take lessons from folks that you watch and, and folks that you are connected with. I used to say I used to say this all the time. I don't really say it that much, but people always will come or not come. People, would, I remember early in my career, folks would would see me and say stuff. Oh man, you about to blow up, dog? Dog, you blowing up? You about to blow up, my man? Dog, you blowing up? And what I would always find curious, these comments would often be made by people who have never blown up. They have no smoke on them. <laughs> They've not blown up in anything. They haven't blown up at any point in their life. So how do you know the signs of when somebody's blowing up? How do you how are you able to read the tea leaves of the blow up situation? And I would always think, like, if Kevin Hart said, hey, dog, you about to blow up. I'm like, oh, your boy's blowing up. So I, I've been in that spot, and I've been in the spot of really wanting to be seen. And I, I want, hey, look at me. And, you know. and I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a new kind of place. I'm in a place where I need, I need notoriety. I need celebrity. I need to sell tickets. Like, kind of that's my next phase. Right, I need to sell tickets. I wanna, I wanna go out and do comedy shows at places, but these venues have to know that I'm going to have folks come out, and that's not easy. That's not a simple thing. You just don't call a club and say, "Hey, man, book me for your show. Book me for your Friday night." And I'll see you in too much. Like, no, like, I need to generate the ability for folks to look at their calendar, get babysitting, put something on their calendar to make a deliberate buy tickets to say, hey, I'm going to invest this Friday night, this Saturday night into my good one. Now, I've gotten people to invest into joining a social media account or listen to a podcast, but just to buy a ticket and come to an event, that's a that's a different level. So that's where I am now. And I'm very humble because I'm not selling tickets. Like I, I'm not selling out places. <laughs> I was talking to a girl at the event I was just at. She's like, you know you sell out in Atlanta. I tried to get tickets to come see you in Atlanta. And she wasn't talking about me. Oh no, she she could be talking about uh Preacher Lawson. She could have been talking about any other of these comedians that people confuse me with. Michael Jr., maybe, but it wasn't my good one because I haven't put anything out to come see me in Atlanta. And it's so she was like, you know, you sell out fast in Atlanta. And I was like, I'll receive it. But I haven't tried. But I didn't, you know, I didn't get into a conversation with her about well, that wasn't me. Like, see, I'm following you on TikTok and I tried to come to your event, but you sold out. So I don't know who that woman talking about. She could be talking about Shula King. I, I don't know who she's referring to, but that's where I am, and it's it's a it's a it's a place that I'm grateful to be in. It's a place where I'm, I'm thankful for. 
and it's a place of growth. Like I've I've grown to this spot. And so the as I transition, this is this this is a you know, this particular piece of advice is something that I hold personal. This is something that is is very difficult for me to share. I've been thinking about, you know, even when I started the podcast, this has been a topic I've, I've wanted, a piece of advice I've wanted to give from day one, but I wanted to, you know, take my time with it. And then the most recent events uh, of, of suicide were, were the, the national conversation is around mental health, suicide, checking on your strong friends. So the best advice ever that I'm going to give today is go to therapy. Go to therapy. Now, there's so many layers to this, especially for me, that I'm going to try to unpack this in a way that it doesn't take forever, but it at least gives you some insight on how profound of a, of a, of a statement that is, and, and especially coming from me. So, as you already know, this is no surprise to anyone. I'm a black man from the South, from the South with an F. And I grew up in the 80s, 90s. And I grew up in a Christian environment in a, a kind of street environment too, hood type of environment. I had a kind of a a combination of experiences, but you know, in in my in my my, my home and, and my experience was church. Like my mom was church, but my dad was not church. Now my dad wasn't a street guy, but the street isn't far from where where we reside. So even if I, I was never a person that was in the streets, like running with with gangs or, or doing criminal activity, I wasn't participating, but I was all around it. Like it wasn't it wasn't far from me. I just didn't participate. And I wasn't even encouraged to participate, I think that there's a level of, I'd just be interesting to evaluate, but there's a level of protection that happens even if you're, when you're coming up as a young guy, a young black guy, where, especially, and the church was a component of that, where people would say, this is not for you. You're a church guy. You're not a street guy. You're not a sell drugs guy. You're not a a skip school guy. So even though I'm in this environment, I was encouraged to continue to be a church guy or a do your homework type guy or athlete. You know, so you the, the streets in some regards, you know, there's a lot of negative stereotypes about the hood or the streets, but the streets are very 
deliberate in ensuring that the folks that are participating in these activities have made a choice to participate in those activities. And then there's some people that are going to be more inclined to participate in those activities than others. But from folks that are not in that environment, like firsthand and like, Hey man, you come over here and shoot ball. You can come over here and play video games. You can come out here and, and, and play football in yard. But at some level, you got to go because this is not for you. So that's my, that was my experience. My, my experience was, was this is not for you. But in all of that, there's a great distrust in counseling, therapy, mental health, mental wellness. There's a stigma, whether if you're you're Christian and in the church, there's a there's an idea that you got to pray. You got to fast. You can counsel with your pastor, who in many times isn't a mental health professional, haven't had any training or certifications or credential in counseling or therapy. So you're encouraged to talk to people that are in the church Basically, just to tell your business, but then nobody's really helping you navigate and unra- unravel the traumas and the layers of uh, uh, mental uh, mental dysfunction that you may have been experienced or or are experiencing. They're not skilled at at helping you do those things. So there's a stigma from the faith community. Pray. You don't need all that. You got Jesus. As long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else. So you got that. But then you got the street. So you you got like the the the, the standard neighborhood. Na- neighborhood is probably a better terminology. I came from the neighborhood. I didn't come from the hood. I came from the neighborhood. Now, the hood is strong in the neighborhood, but it, it wasn't all hood. It was the and that's some neighbors, right? So the neighborhood has the thought of um, skepticism. Oh, I'm just going to give somebody money to listen to my problems? That, that, so there's a level of skepticism and distrust but then there's also a level of kind of low level thinking or, or poverty like you you you're thinking lack more 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 lack mindset than an abundance mindset cuz uh, pay somebody to, to to lay on a couch and to tell them my business man I'll go and buy a six pack I'll go and get a great dinner with some friends and talk, you know. So there's that. There's just like there's no place for therapy in my orientation of life. And I remember going through life, even knowing I had some internal issues and some some challenges. And I remember going to when I was in graduate school. You know, you pay a student activity fee 
and counseling was a part of that fee. So I, I remember going to a counseling session. But I was so, I went with like, let me go see what this counseling is all about. Like I, I went with kind of a very skeptical, skeptical posture. I, I didn't go open to say, hey, these are some things that I'm, I'm dealing with. These are some concerns and I, I'm wondering how you can, I just kind of went with like, um, like I, I experienced this when I worked at the private school. You would have folks that were there paying tuition, but they would come and say, hey, convince me on why I need to stay here, why, why I need to pay this money to keep coming here. And I, you would have some of those conversations with parents, especially as students, may, maybe that they'll come private school in ninth, 10th grade year, but as the, you know, as you have conversations about where they just want to go to local university U, so why are we paying all this money and they just want to go to that school. So so I would have those kind of conversations. That's how counseling, that's how I went into that counseling session with the you prove to me why I need to be here. So I just I wasn't ready at that point. So fast forward 2017, 18, 19, right? And I'm 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 traveling now, I'm on the road, I'm I'm gaining notoriety, building my career. So I, I connected with a comedian by the name of John Chris, who has been uh, uber successful, and I've, I've kind of watched his I watched his ascension. I'm not gonna say from day one, but from the from the day that he and I connected, he was not at that level. He was at the features level. He was at the level where I actually first time I saw John was I went to the Comedy Zone in Charlotte to see him open for another comedian, but his his name had been circling around like hey, here's this new clean guy he's super funny he's kind of the rising star so i've heard i heard his name so i went to charlotte to go see him he was he was opening up he was featuring for another comedian and so we were able to connect but i watched john ascension and we became friends and even colleagues you know he would take me out on the road with him pretty regularly for for a nice stretch of time and we would be on the road and he would constantly have conversations about therapy like he's his counselor and there and in my eyes I'm looking at John I, I'm look I've, I've you know I've met his family I've, you know John's a, a pastor's kid and he was super successful he was selling out tours and, and on podcasts and make his his videos were viral so like he had all the makings of someone in, in, in my eyes who had made it. And so he was talking to me about his therapist and what his therapist said in therapy session. And I can remember talking to him one day and thinking, hey man, if John has a therapist, do I need a therapist? Because I'm looking at him like, he, John had a, a pretty great childhood, you know, but I'm looking at the things and, and like, what well, therapy is helping him. He's being served. He's being served by going to therapy. Now, at this point, I knew something wasn't right. Something wasn't right, especially <laughs> internally. And so one of the things I knew wasn't right, like just, just my whole, my childhood was a very, it was very traumatic, had some very traumatic experiences. You know, watching your parents constantly 
have verbal and physical arguments. It's, that's just not a healthy environment. So I pushed down a lot of those experiences, a lot of from my, I, and, and I, there's some things, there's some moments in my life as an adult I'm noticing like, oh, yeah, that's something's not working well. Like, for instance, my wife and I, we, our first house or our first place that we stayed is this, uh, this townhouse. And we live next door to a couple, an old elderly couple. And they used to fight, fuss and fight, argue. Yeah, I'm talking about, <laughs> they used to carry on, right? And so one, one morning, one, one Friday morning, Saturday, you know, Friday night, Saturday morning, it's, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning, they at it. And we, we, that's our next door neighbor. So the walls were super thin. So it was no sound protection. Like they might as well would have been in our bedroom having this argument. But they're hand, having this argument that awakes me from my sleep. So I wake up to this arguing and I immediately, in, 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 in like my mental state, I was 12. Like I legitimately was an adult man with a wife, but in my bed, as I woke up to hearing people arguing, I'm 12-year-old me. And I'm waking up like, oh, my parents are arguing. And it took me a second to say, oh, no, no that's not my parents. You know, there's a woman in my bed. Oh, that's my wife. Like, So I was like, oh, snap. Like, it, it really took me back. It took me somewhere. I also, there was a time I was at work and it was super silent. For whatever reason, maybe the, the students weren't there. I was working on something in the office, checking email, doing something, it, but it was so silent that internally I had noise and, 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 and rumblings of, of things that have happened. So I've had these glimmers and, you know, I, I've destroyed. For years, I destroyed family vacations. My wife, <laughs> well, my children, my wife was dedicated to taking our children on vacation. And I would just, I would be the worst on these, on these, on these family vacations. And I used to kind of think it really was about money. And it wasn't about money. It was about my inner kid being angry that I didn't get to go on vacations. I, I literally would be having these internal turmoil. And, I, I, and I'll tell a story later because this is a different podcast for a different time, but there's a, there's a story that happened in my parenting and in, in my family that I recognize that, oh, yeah, you got some anger issues, right? So, and I've all, like, for years I've had this warm chest. The way that I describe it, it, feel, it felt like for a long time, that I had a nuclear reactor in my chest. Like that's, uh, mo many people haven't seen me snap, but there are examples of me just zero to 100, and it is not pretty. There's, like, I can think of an example in college. <laughs> this story to tell one day, shooting basketball. There was a story about a guy driving real fast on our, on our street. So I, I I continuously for for years walked around like with this pulsating heat 
in my chest, like just simmering like a nuclear reactor. And we all know at some point a nuclear reactor is going to have a meltdown. Like there's going to be some catastrophic event that causes it to not be contained. And so I could, I, I literally could feel my chest getting warm. And, and I, and I, and for years, you know, I was a very, I'm very easily aggravated. I'm very aggressive. So I had this stuff happening. But this is when I really, it really hammered at home. You know, I'm having these conversations with John. Then I'm at this stage, this is the summer of 19. I'm at this stage in my life where it's all good. I'm traveling on various tours. I'm making the most money I've made doing stand-up. I'm getting requested. Folks are booking me. It's not like, hey, we're looking for a comedian. Folks are booking Mike Goodwin. We want the Bowtie Comedy. We want Mike Goodwin. All the things, life well, wife is doing well, family's doing well. Internally, it's chaos. Absolute chaos. It's like a civil war happening on the inside of me. I, I could not be satisfied. I couldn't be happy. I couldn't be content. If someone were to compliment me, I would think about, well, what do they mean by that? Why do they say that like that? Folks say, hey, man, I, I, I was on tour with John. And folks say, man, I can't wait to buy tickets to your tour. And instead of me saying, oh, they're just being very complimentary, saying, man, I'm excited for your future. I'm like, oh, I'm a failure. I'm not good enough. That's what you're trying to say. Like all the worst things were happening, and it was like it was really exhausting. The heat, you know, the anger, it, it, hit, it hit a boiling point that I just like, oh, man. this. So I remember going to my wife and saying, hey, I need, I need to go talk to somebody. I really, I really need to talk to somebody. And I did. I did. I was the summer of 19, found a counselor here in town. Um, and it was somebody that I had known of and reached out and said, hey, you know, I'm in the, in the market for finding a, a counselor or a therapist. And, and so this person said, yeah, I, you know, I have some openings if you want to come in and have a talk. And I did. And I started the process of, of going to therapy. But the, the, the most impactful thing for me was I knew. Like, I, I knew it wasn't, it, and it wasn't about my faith. Like, my faith was strong. I, I wasn't in sin. I wasn't, I didn't have guilt. I wasn't living a duplicitous life. I, I was, everything was on the up and up, but I wasn't well. I was living good, but I wasn't well. And I went. To counseling, it, it might have been the summer, summer of 19, maybe around my birthday, July. And I started going. And it's been the best decision I've ever made. One of the best decisions I've ever made. And it, I didn't know how impactful it was because 
I began to deal with traumas and, and, and issues and anger. And I was able to navigate my mental wellness. Before then, I would just push everything down. Or I would work out. I would watch, you know, things like, uh, like I would just like take time and watch, like um, what is it like what is it called like binge watch things on Netflix. Like that's how I felt good. I would just do stuff to try to feel good, feel better. But that just wasn't. I wasn't getting it done, and so that counseling began to unravel all these knots and all the stress and tension that I had. And it was one of the best decision I ever made and what it did it prepared me for two things COVID the lockdown the quarantine like I I shudder to think about where I would have been had I not been through counseling by the time COVID hit so COVID hit and emotionally I was in I I don't know if I would have came out of there alive. I, I just so two things happened that if had I not count had counseling prior to these two things, I, I don't. I, I I'm honestly I can't tell you if I would have had the wherewithal to to push through. I I, I made a note. I would have been I would have been emotionally bankrupt. So number one is the COVID losing gigs. You know, everybody being home, not being able to travel, not being able to do open mics, not being able to get up and do my craft, which is a great part of my identity, my comedy. Making people laugh is a big part of who I see myself as a, a person. So that happens. And then my my wife loses her best friend in January of 21. And had I not been going through counseling and, and spent the time to deal with my emotional uh, issues, I wouldn't have had it. I would have had nothing. And then because with my wife, I mean, I w it was a long, and I mean, I, I would even say now, you know, two years later, she still has moments. And I'm sure there's, there's still times, but my wife would wake up crying like wailing I, I can't tell you how many how many morning mornings I've waken up to the sound of my wife wailing crying and so I, I the best advice ever that I would share with you is to, to go to counseling I understand I'm sorry this is not the funniest episode this episode is pretty light on the jokes but I really am serious about the impact of therapy and needing therapy. Even if even if no traumatic thing has happened, like it, it's similar to getting your oil changed for your car. It's similar to going to the gym. It's similar to going to the dentist. Like your mind needs a checkup, and your emotions. And the wellness mentally of how you make decisions and evaluate decisions and how you feel about yourself, how you feel about others, would be greatly enhanced 
by therapy. And whether that's be couples therapy, whether that's individual therapy, uh, I, I really think that that is a, a necessary part to having a successful life. So hopefully uh, I'll, I'll expand some more because I don't, I don't want to take this whole – I don't want to be heavy. I don't want to be super heavy unlike those snacks they had at the hotel. They, I wanted to be a little more light like the snacks and not heavy. But uh, hopefully this has been helpful to you. Uh, find a professional. And now you can even do it online. Like you don't even have to go to a place and sit on a couch. Like, but I'm, I'm telling you it's okay. And you, you're no less than. Nothing's wrong with you. You're not crazy. You're not unstable like it benefits you to be in counseling to get counseling and and I and I 100% approve this message I'm not only the president but I'm also a client of <laughs> of going to counseling and so yes that is my best advice for you to go to counseling man Get your counsel on. Get your counsel on. Now, before I leave, I want to do a couple of things. Make sure you send in questions. I have an Ask the Bowtie segment. Uh, the email address you can send questions to is info at comedianmikegoodwin.com. That's info at comedianmikegoodwin.com. I'll answer your questions. But I also want to implement a new segment called Flowers. And I, I just think that we live in a day and time where it's important to give people their flowers while they can appreciate them. And I want to give flowers to my high school drama teacher, teacher Miss Susan Brewer. And I've done this online, but she was one of the first persons that made me think of myself as an artist. She, she gave me the encouragement to go audition for, they, there, was a, there was a movie being shot called The Program in Columbia, South Carolina. They shot some of the scenes at William Bryce. And she encouraged me to go and be an extra in, in this tape. Now, I had no way to get from Camden to Columbia, so I knew it wasn't going to happen. But she was so encouraging and so enthusiastic that, oh, yeah, if you get over there and if you were able to do this, you could really, I could see a future for you in the arts or it just, just giving me some type of, a vision for the future, which I did not own at the time. I did not see myself as anything artistic, but she believed in me. So shout out to Miss Susan Brewer for flowers. Also, I want to implement the word of the podcast. You know, I have word of the day and that I was doing, but it fell by the wayside. So I want to implement a part of the podcast where I share a word, a word of the podcast, and we'll learn and grow together. And so some of the first words, especially the first couple of words that I'll, I'll share in the upcoming episodes, are words that make me laugh. And also feel free to send in your words. If you have a word that you want me to highlight, in the word of the podcast, I will do it. But I want to highlight words that make me laugh. And the number one word, the first word that I want, this is the inaugural word of the podcast. 
is tomfoolery. Tomfoolery. That is that is one of my favorite words. Tomfoolery. Tomfoolery means foolish or silly behavior. Is absolutely one of my favorite words. Because I feel like I'm like Magneto of tomfoolery. It doesn't matter whether I go places, whether I get log in online. It's like tomfoolery finds me. It, I, it, I summon tomfoolery to me. So <laughs> There's so many examples of tomfoolery in my life. And I'm known for some of my tomfoolery. Around the house, oh, my goodness. I'm scaring my family. I'm often scaring my family. I'm, I mean, literally, like, I'm home, and they don't know I'm home. I'm in a room. They don't know I'm in a room, and I'm hiding under something, beside something, and I pop out, and I scare the bejesus out of people. I do that. I do silly stuff like that. So tomfoolery is the word of the podcast. And last but not least is the what you're not going to do segment. And in this What You're Not Gonna Do segment, I'm going to highlight a young man by the name of Frank Gore Jr. Now, Frank Gore Jr. plays for Southern Mississippi University with a bowl game where they played Navy, not Navy, Rice. <laughs> Navy. They played Rice. And uh, Frank Gore Jr., I think he's the son of Frank Gore Sr., who was an NFL player. He set the record for, I think, rushing. I think he rushed for like 329 yards. I was going to say miles. But y'all can fact check me. If you fact check checkers out there, check, fact check me. Uh, so he was being interviewed at the end of the game. And the what you're not going to do moment happened in twofold. So he's being interviewed on national television about his achievement, all these yards he ran, and his aunt cheered her way right up onto <laughs> the interview. And without missing a beat, young Frank hit her with the stiff arm. Like, hey, Auntie, chill. That's he hit her with a uh. So what you're not going to do is come out here cheering during the interview, Auntie. That's what you're not going to do. But Auntie can flip it and say, young Frank, what you're not going to do is hit me with the stiff arm on national television. That's what you're not going to do. It was, it, it's one of, it's, y'all, I'm sure you've seen it on social media. It's very, it's very, uh, it's very uh, <laughs> Googleable, Google, Googleable. So Google it. If you had not seen it, it's very Googleable. Just put Auntie Chill and you will see this clip. What made it even worse was his auntie was missing a good portion of her teeth in the top. That that's the I think that's that's the part that was a little <laughs> like who's this homeless person in this? Oh, that's his aunt. Hey, here's her with the auntie chill. It was a lot that happened in that four to five second time frame. So, <laughs> so young Frank going, what you not gonna do is get on TV. And hit your auntie with the stiff arm. Hey, auntie, what you not going to do is get in the live interview on television. That's what you're not going to do. I hope y'all have had a good time because I've had a good time. This has been fun. I know it's a little bit 
a little bit heavier. It was heavier than those light hors d'oeuvres I had. But I hope it was significant, and I hope it was relevant. Uh, one thing that I, I've recognized during this holiday season is to be more sensitive and mindful of those around me. Because I'm, I'm the holiday season guy. Like, I can't wait to put on the Christmas music. I can't wait to throw on the Santa Claus hat. Like, I'm giving the, 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 the movies. Give me the song. I'm all for it. There's no better time than the holiday season. But I now recognize that folks all around me are are, are struggling and they're not they're not doing well because they've lost loved ones and this is a very difficult time for them to navigate. So please be mindful of those that are around you, especially for those of us. I, I still have both of my parents. So I, I don't I don't know what it feels like to not to to go through a holiday season without my parents. Now I know what it feels like to not be around family because I I was in the army so I went to basic training and missed Thanksgiving. I went to Korea the year after basic so I missed a lot of stuff. So I do have a different orientation. Like I can miss some stuff because I I've my my sister says I have no FOMO. That's that's the military. The military took my FOMO from me. Uh, so, yeah, be mindful. Let's be sensitive of those around us. Thank you so much for tuning in again to another episode of the Best Advice Ever podcast. Feel free to reach out to me. You can send me a note at info at comedianmikegoodwin.com. You can follow me on social media, Bowtie Comedy on Instagram and Twitter. You can also follow me at Comedian Mike Goodwin on Facebook, but you can also go to my website, MikeGoodwin.com, and please join my email list because I'm going to keep you abreast of all the things I have coming up. I'm actually going to be in Cincinnati, not Cincinnati, in Cleveland and Columbus, Ohio this week on December the 21st and the 22nd. If you know folks there, if you live there, please come out, send them out. It's going to be a great time, me and three other of my buddies. Well, thank you again for tuning in to the best advice Ever podcast, I'm Mike Goodwin. <laughs>